Hey, everybody. Thanks, as always, for tuning into Front Row Knowles. KJ and I can't thank you enough for continuing to listen as we get into, I think, our 10th year of Front Row Knowles. Also, a special thanks to Seminole Boosters, who continues to support the program. The schedule is out. Quick reminder, your ticket and priority renewal deadline is April 18th. Great schedule, great optimism, great excitement about what's ahead in 2023. None of it's possible without Seminole Boosters. So to those of you who are members, thank you. To those of you who are not, log on to SeminoleBoosters.com to learn more. And now, Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones. We welcome you to Front Row Knowles. KJ, how are you, sir? I'm confused, Tommy. I stay that way. I know our listeners know that, but dadgummit, I just got used to the 24-7, 365 portal. Now we open it up and we close it. And now you're not worried about who's leaving. You're worried about who you bring in. I mean, recruiting has become a 12-month out-of-the-year job, has it not? Well, it's been that way for a while. Well, that's why the coaches wanted to have, you know, only certain timeframes when you can be in the portal so they can shut recruiting down and from being 24-7, 365. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's there's something uh, is unsettling the word maybe like the the clock's ticking and you're just waiting and you're hoping like I hope this player doesn't jump in or that player and you just don't know because you know that everybody is being unscrupulous behind the scenes and throwing out figures or prying or prodding anybody who's the least bit unhappy to try and get them to go somewhere else just the way it well, is and and if if some of the money is correct that you keep hearing about it's not necessarily anybody who's unhappy. They may be very content, but they go, what? I can do what? Which is also insidious about the entire process. But our listeners know how I feel about that. Yeah, I all told, I don't think Florida State fared too badly. I mean, yeah, they lost some guys that were depth pieces. Uh, they lost the toughness of Micah Pittman. How much? How significant do you think that is? We'll talk with Kurt Weiler in our next segment. Uh, but that was, you know, Pittman from the very get-go was making the tough catch. He wasn't a speed guy, but he wasn't afraid to go over the middle. And there's something about how you were one of those guys, Keith, right? You're going you're gonna to bring the toughness. I mean, will FSU miss that? Uh, I think so. Uh, certainly on third downs, you know, you may be able to scheme around it on first and second. But, you know, third and six, um, you know, you're going to want that type of player out there. Uh, and I, and I, think, I think Norvell and his staff is always, Ronnie and, and, and Mike are always, uh, anxious and willing to look at someone that fits that mold, whatever that stereotype is they describe it. I've always described it as, you know, 5'10", 5'11", you know, 180, 190, quick out of a cut, fearless, good hands, you know, not the home run guy, but the guy that can get separation and create a window. And then when you get the ball to him, his radius is enough, his catch radius is enough that he'll make that grab for you for first down. But we'll see. Yeah, we will. And now Florida State will look to add some pieces. They have room to add a few pieces, and we'll see what, what that looks like over the next few weeks and, and months, actually. You just got to get them here. I, ideally, I think you get them here by mid-June, so they're here for the the summer program, if you will. But uh, you just got to get them here, honestly, before August or whenever the first day of practice is. Hey, Keith, one guy well, – go ahead. Did you have a thought on that? No, I was just going to say the summer is going to be interesting, too, because uh, I, I haven't read a bunch about it. I don't know if you have, but – you know, last year, the NCAA loosened the rules a little bit about 
um, you know, what used to be player-led seven-on-seven. Uh, now you can have some coaching interaction a little bit more than it used to be. And uh, as a coaching staff, finding a way to maximize that and, and take that to the next level is certainly something this staff will be looking at, you know, within the constraints or whatever those new rules are. So, yes, you can bring somebody in June and get a lot more done in the last, last year and this year than you could three or four or five years ago when it was just players, you know, motivating players. We'll dive deeper uh, into this with uh, Kurt, but uh, the biggest area of need for FSU in the portal, probably at safety. And, and part of the reason for that is that the all world safety from a year ago, Jamie Robinson turned pro and uh, got drafted over the weekend, signed his contract uh, with the Panthers on uh, Tuesday. How does he, uh, he was a fifth round pick. Keith, you played that position. What, what do you like about him? How do you think he projects to the, the NFL? I think he's a Leroy Butler type of potential. Um, you know, again, as with anything so, related to So he's to a pro pros, football Hall of Famer? Is that what I hear you saying? <laughs> I'm saying that he's a pro football, does it consistently for a long time, and if he plays for the right team, he could very well be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's got all the tools. I think he's got the mental. You know, he's not over the top in strength or speed or size, but he's more than adequate. He's a heady player. He can stay injury free if he gets in the right scheme, you know, if he plays smart, which he's given us every indication that he will. Plus, he's got that he's got that uh, uh, Tom Brady and, and, and uh, you know, others uh, chip on his shoulder, as he, as he already said, he thought he went too too late in the draft. They thought somebody should have drafted him earlier and uh, don't ever underestimate that good old chip on the shoulder. It can be a great motivator. Well, that's uh probably height related you think I mean at 5'11 if he's six foot or even or six one that's a lot more zeros on the end of his uh, initial contract probably potentially yes yeah so uh Robinson moves on also uh Amari and Cooper and Travis Jay entered the portal and so it uh would it would stand to reason that Florida State would be looking for safeties I think they're going to bring one in this weekend uh in the portal but uh what in, in your mind and we'll ask Kurt this too what's your uh What's your biggest area of need for FSU, KJ? Well, safety wasn't until this week, and now it's risen to the top. Uh, I think you're always looking to add a linebacker or a defensive end. Um, and, of course, the age-old thing, and Norvell and his staff have been really, really good at this. Man, if you come across a great player, a great athlete, regardless of position, you know, the age-old take the best kid on the, on the board, that may come into play as well. Yeah, we'll see. The, uh, the the portal shopping is underway for uh, Florida State. Now you know everybody that's in the display case, and you just figure out if uh, if they're a fit. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll continue this conversation with Kurt Weiler right after this here on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. welcome you back time to welcome our Osceola insider Kurt Weiler is going to join us this week he joins us via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline the Earl Bacon Agency ensuring your future together Kurt we talk about the coaches and how they have to be non-stop 24-7 during that portal window but I would suggest that members of the media like yourself pretty much can't walk away from your phone either during that April 15th to April 30th time frame am I right <laughs> yes the, but the portal window I mean especially I mean in the Norvell era, and I guess we're kind of pivoting now from the the departure period to the maybe more acquisition period. But with how busy they stay on things and how on it on it they are, both the coaching staff and just the players, it's uh, 
it is a, uh, a time with a lot of prepping stories and talking to people and trying to uh, ascertain what info you can about uh, how all those processes are going for various people. Well, here's your big question, and we'll just give the floor to you, all right? Uh, farmer goes but doesn't go, comes back. And then two players that one had surgery and was out for the spring, one's been injured for over a year, go into the portal. Uh, as they say, what the hey? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so the, the, the Pittman situation is is interesting for sure because I think there was some uncertainty about what his status would have been when he was able to make it back. A torn labrum is a, a pretty serious injury. And so, and I think it's one where you, you, you would think maybe similar to an ACL, even once you're back, you might not be kind of yourself again yet. So I think there were questions around that. And I mean, obviously I think Micah saw, I mean, Winston being back, what, what Ja'Kai Douglas has become and was this spring. I mean, even I think if Andravius Jacobs could play in the spot, I think in the slot, that is, I think, Micah may have seen some uh, some some writing on the wall over what his playing time would be when he was kind of able to make it back and and kind of wanted the opportunity. I mean, he thinks very highly of himself. I know he told Bob last August he sees himself as a a first round pick. And I mean, unfortunately for him, his body may keep that from being true. But I I, I do think it's possible that uh, his his best case forward is is elsewhere using kind of that last year of eligibility. Um, was the other one are you alluding to Travis J? Correct. Yeah, Travis J is going to be kind of one of those ultimate what could have been. I mean, he, he, extremely, exceedingly talented athlete who just seemed to couldn't put it together. I mean, he would impress in practice and get out in the field in games. And I mean, not all of it his fault. Notre Dame, he said some good coverage and in the and gets beat by some pretty incredible throws and catches and some. But I mean, definitely never seemed to put it all together. I know some of the, a lot of guys were, were very high on him and it's, it's tough. I mean, especially after losing uh, Duke Cooper uh, a few days before, but I think the, the biggest thing of the wind of the portal window for me was keeping Josh Farmer. I mean, I think that would have become your most significant loss. I mean, I think he was, if you ask me relative to any of the guys who they did lose, I think Josh Farmer has the best chance to be an all ACC type player this this fall for Florida State I mean I think he's come a long way put on all that weight was probably one of the most I mean I think he was I took him off the story because I wasn't sure he was going to be around to kind of where I should praise him but, but but when we did our kind of offensive and defensive MVPs he was my original defensive MVP just because of how good he looked and I mean not just keeping him but the ripple effect of making sure you keep Daryl Jackson I think was a big deal for the coaching staff. So it seems, and as we talk, we're, we're chatting on Tuesday. Uh, now we're into the acquisition phase, right, for Florida State. Uh, it, it feels like it was pretty intentional to not leak info or make offers while the portal window was still open, because as soon as you get somebody else in, somebody else may enter the portal. I'm just surmising that, but do you agree with that that was sort of the strategy? Yes, and I think it's pretty smart. There's no reason to ruffle feathers, because now kind of, unless you're a grad transfer, you're locked in. You can't enter the portal until December when this 2023 season's over. So you might not like if they're bringing someone in at your spot, but I would think that anyone thinking realistically, thinking practically about not just themselves, but the team as a whole, if it's, if you're at a position they're targeting, they're doing it for a reason. There is a reason behind why they're doing it. And you would think you would hope people can keep things in perspective, but no, I think that's a hundred percent true where they kind of, 
played things on the download. Maybe they were talking to people and not really getting info out there. And now is where I think they're going to have a visitor, at least one this weekend. And you're going to start seeing that ramp up a little bit. Kurt, you, you, know, you and the Osceola have done a fantastic job with the you know, scholarship count, uh, recognizing that uh, nobody at Florida State's really talking to you and telling you anything, uh, appropriately so, but nevertheless still makes it very difficult. But FSU, depending on how you count them, we'll go with yours. They have four or five, maybe six openings now that uh, the portal has closed and you can quote unquote recruit. Uh, that's not insignificant this time of year. No, it's not. And I think, I mean, both seeing the team in spring and the departures, I mean, especially at safety, like to me, safety just became the top of your priority list. When you lose Duke Cooper and Travis J, neither of whom I'm sure were going to be starters, but both I think had paths to playing time and were pretty critical depth pieces. I think, I mean, you only got three guys who who played safety primarily in the spring on scholarship still still back there with losing two that you did so yeah i think uh i think it, it is absolutely i mean they're they're normally pretty good about how they spread things around and i'm sure they do have that interior number that they're they're not inclined to share with us and there are reasons for that and we understand but yeah they, they have some numbers to play with i don't think a lot of the guys they left i'm not sure there was too much of a a like dispute over from the coaching staff I mean, you saw the sum. It's always interesting which ones Mike Norvell kind of shares their goodbye message and kind of it reads as which ones he's maybe more on the same page with leaving or maybe just he's happier with what they did in their time here. But either way, I think he knew. I mean, we have some things we need to address. We have to get rid of some guys because they were, I think, at 88 by our count before. And now I think with nine gone, they're at 79, but again, by our count. To that point, and some of the guys have found new homes, but not all of them have, is the door open for anybody that's in the portal, you think, that FSU would take back, or is it pretty much closed and anybody coming in is going to be a new face at this point? Um, I'm not sure anyone who's, like, uncommitted elsewhere. You know, like, I, I think they would have taken a Duke Cooper back, but he pretty quickly went to Colorado. Uh, Derek McClendon was probably other big loss. I'm not sure they would have taken him back with how that kind of played out. I, I but He's also committed elsewhere. I think a lot of the guys who kind of haven't yet committed elsewhere, I'm, I'm, I'm not as sure you would uh, take back. You know, Kurt, one of the things, and, and I've not delved into it much of late, but when the portal first opened, first year or two, it was not uncommon for 45 or 50% of the kids that went into the portal never signed anywhere. They either sat out a year or they gave up their careers. Have you anecdotally or otherwise heard any differing type of numbers, not Florida State kids, but the portal in general about who's making it back out once they go in? No, I mean, I think that is, I think that there are people at all levels kind of who aren't as happy with the portal, kind of the maybe unintended side effects. I mean, that is no doubt one. There are a lot of people we've seen some, I mean, a lot of Florida State guys have have found homes elsewhere but what i feel like what i've kind of heard talking to people is especially guys if you are a college kid jumping in the portal and the most you can show is practice film like if you never really got in a game if you didn't play a game at your first school that can be a tough i mean it can be tough to kind of sell yourself when you're having i mean when there are so many guys in the portal many of whom may have game film and when you're going against i mean there want people like schools are debating 
do I want this portal kid or do I want a high schooler? You know, and I mean, I think on the high school side, it's uh, it's affected that somewhat too. I mean, I think the the top the top guys are always going to get recruited, obviously, but I think the the depth of high school recruiting has been hit a bit by, I mean, the portal kind of recycling, if you will, where, I mean, I guess they're not limited to 25 anymore. And Dion's definitely taking advantage of that out in Boulder. Kind of has to. Kind of has to. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes, we can get into that. But yeah, I think for the longest time, and when they were restricted to 25, it kind of made it tough where, I mean, in the past you might've signed 22 high schoolers. Now some schools are probably going, well, would I rather sign 15 high schoolers and bring in Ted transfers like we've seen Florida State do kind of the last few years. You know where we're heading next on this, right? And I don't have an answer, Keith, to the you, you bring it up regularly to the to the guys that go in the portal and can't come back because I don't think you could mandate that the schools take them back. I mean, if you leave a job without a job, doesn't mean your 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 former employer's got to take you back, right? That's the way the world sure. works. It, it feels like we're headed to another uh, another set of underwear Olympics. We have the NFL Combine in, in February, the draft combine. <laughs> it feels like we're going to have a portal combine in June, and it'll be four days. We can do it in Indy or wherever. And everybody that's not signed will work out, and there'll be a bunch of guys with stopwatches, and they'll be doing la- – I mean, I'm half joking, but I could kind of see it going that way. Well, you do have the the elite 200 that get invited in as juniors and maybe even sophomores at the high school level. Uh, that just occurred what uh, a week ago, ten days ago. Uh, so I don't think anything's far fetched anymore, Tommy. But I don't. But continuing to workshop it, like Kurt. Now that we've seen this a few years, and I, some of this, the extra COVID year has has uh, exacerbated the high school issue a little bit. So that will. That will phase out at some point, but you know we didn't. We, it used to be you could join the portal at any time. Now we have time frames, which I don't know if it made it any better. I'm sure it did for the coaches who now they only have to sweat it a couple weeks at a time instead of 24/7, 365. But what other adjustments could be made right now to make the portal uh, a little more palatable? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think something I would I would look at, and I guess I mean Florida State's got a. I think. It, Someone like a Daryl Jackson, obviously, and he had a reason I know where there's a reason why he hasn't got the waiver yet, but there's optimistic optimism he will uh, around. I mean, being a guy who's now transferred twice and kind of has played two years of college football and now transferred twice. I think you wonder what they could do about those multi-time transfers where you got the one time free and 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 you get the grad transfer, which can get in addition to the one time free, but then you see some kind of in the middle. I wonder what if, if what they start doing maybe about those situations and kind of advising kids you're not going to get eligible like we're not going to give you a waiver I would not advise this I mean it's the NCAA probably doesn't want to get any more hands-on than they are because it feels like if they get the more hands-on they get the more they're kind of admitting what they don't want to admit about the whole employee thing you know yeah yeah Keith what tweaks would you make on this thing well I I, the tweak that I liked was the restriction where where there's two times a year with a set period of time um, you know, the, the, the one-time waiver, I still am not in favor of automatically. I think you should have to apply for it, but, uh, you know, maybe in the event of a coach leaving a segment or a defensive coordinator, co- offense coordinator, or head coach. But when you get into those multiple transfers, as, as Kurt's talking about, and I guess technically he'll, he'll be okay, but Micah, full, you know, he's a multiple transfer now. You know, those I think he might be a grad, of, though. Well, I'm just agreed. Agreed. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, anytime you're making that second move, 
you know, the old school, old fashioned person in me, you know, I, I just think that's got to raise to another level. There needs to be some extenuating circumstances other than the fact that you haven't been good enough to earn a position and you're pouting and want to go somewhere else. Maybe the one-time transfer, like, or the grad transfer, you can't use both. I, something, something. I haven't thought it through. It just, it sticks in my crawl and that will not surprise Tommy at all because my crawl has gotten very big of late. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now that you pointed out, it has. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back and continue this conversation with Kurt Weiler from the Osceola right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Welcome back. A lot of play. Any, any other football footnotes there? I guess we didn't really dive into what I, I think everybody's sort of in agreement maybe the order's different but in terms of acquisition a safety or two a linebacker a d end i mean is that where you are kurt what how would you prioritize those yeah those were my three coming into spring for sure i think safety has wasn't the top of the list it has jumped to the top of the list when you lose two of your kind of five guys who are playing uh primarily there with moving duke cooper there with him going to colorado um the other two I can see the merits of linebacker and defensive end. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they added at both. I feel like I'd lean more towards adding a defensive end. Like I I put that a little higher because I think that position in general, a little more important. I think, I mean, you feel good about three guys between Jared verse, Pat Payton, Gilbert Edmond. And I think Derek McClendon was either three or four losing him. I think it kind of leaves a spot where you want to at least have a two deep you can trust. And right now, I mean, are you putting Byron Turner there? It, we're putting Jaden Jones there. He wasn't able to practice this spring, but I know he's a Juco guy who they're high on coming in. Or, I mean, do you maybe want to just to make sure you're good, add add a, a, another piece there through the portal? I think that's a possibility. I think the one that popped up, I mean, it's not, I don't think a need, but with Micah leaving, I wonder if they don't kick the tires on a, a potential receiver addition, just especially with how much, Mike likes to rotate those wide receivers in, in his offense. I think, I mean, there is a spot for another guy to, I mean, he's not going to probably have like a thousand yards, but another, another prominent receiver who could be featured and get, I mean, catch passes from Gordon Travis. Well, and I I would echo two of your points. Number one, either anecdotally, or I haven't seen any number on it, but you know, over the last few years, the defensive end position appears, appears to have suffered more injuries at Florida State, definitely, but probably across the the landscape. And secondly, if you found that right and correct receiver for the slot, you know, not not a 6'4", 210-pound guy, but a a 5'9", 5'10", quick spurts, can get run out of cuts quickly, is fearless going across the middle. Yeah, I would love to have uh, one of those stereotyped um, slot receivers uh, just to, to put in that mix with what you've got. That would be a big, big ad. I think you take a 6'4 type guy, though, too. I mean, I think you feel good coming no, out. No, you wouldn't turn him down. I'm just saying in terms yeah, of wants versus yeah. needs. For sure. I think the interesting thing about the outside receiver is I think I mean, you feel good about Johnny, you feel good about Kentron coming out of spring, but who's that third guy behind those two is kind of the the question what? that – to that to that point, Kurt, I feel like the name that never comes up is, is Jaheim Bell, and I know he's not a receiver, but – 
I mean, you got to account be, for him. You're going to have be a receiver and, sometimes. Yeah, you could put him in the slot. I mean, that's going yeah. the opposite way. If you, I mean, if you've got a nickel corner out there and all of a sudden Bell gets split out in the slot, I mean, that's a mismatch too in a different way. He's a matchup nightmare. I mean, that's and I'm excited. I mean, not nothing against Shane Beamer, and I Shane Beamer used him in some fun ways. I think Mike could use him. I mean, with how he's regarded as an offensive mind in kind of even more fun ways this this fall. I mean, I think he's going to be a it's going to be a lot of fun to see all the different ways he is utilized. I'm just silently and consistently rooting for the for the right guy, uh, not the R I G H T, but the W R I G H T. I yeah. hope he gets healthy. I hope he has a great summer. I hope he stays healthy in the fall. I just want to see him get the opportunity on the playing surface. Yeah, I mean, well, as as you guys know, I mean, he was the biggest, most proven name the year they got four guys in the portal. Uh, you know, and and Johnny's emerged now. Mike is gone. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one, Keith. Hey, Kurt. Uh, you know, most of the conversation I've heard around Pittman has been who's going to return punts, right? Because yeah, uh, and, and Keith. Jump in here because while Florida State uh, prior to last year was not very adept at returning punts for a few years, several years, however many years we want to put it at, you used to return punts. And I know that was pre-rugby style punt and things are different, but I mean, it cannot be that hard to find somebody out of the 85 on the team to catch it before it hits the ground and potentially fall forward for three or four yards. With due respect, sir. The problem with it, I, I was the catch it and fall forward for three yards. There's no question that doesn't offend me. The problem I see it, and this is not a criticism of Mike or Coach Papucius, but you always want somebody back there. The thinking is you want somebody back there that's explosive so that they get that crease. They can be the Deion Sanders and take it to the house. Guys, that only happens two or three times yeah. a year. Not a game, a yeah. year. 37 times somebody's got to have the you know what to move up eight yards and catch the ball before it hits the ground. <laughs> My money's on Vandravius Jacobs. Even in, even in game one, you trot him out there. Pack that stadium is the interesting only. question. I feel like like where like I mean, it's going to be someone new because it was Keyshawn and Pokey were kind of the other guys before before uh you kind of found your old reliable and michael last year so yeah it'll be someone new it'll be interesting if they i mean that could be i mean you kind of saw i think lsu installing a new punt returner last year and the mistakes in that game that kind of made a difference in that game really but yeah uh, i think it'll be uh it, i think it's i mean from all he showed me this spring i think he is he's ready for the role and i think has the athleticism i mean it's it's hard to judge i mean obviously uh Coach Yak's out there with this. That's he does his super soaker with the punt returners, where he's squirting them with water or throwing tennis balls out and trying to work on kind of their concentration through distraction. But it's it's hard to simulate the the game atmosphere of it. KJ, tell Kurt when you had your uh, your your condition when you had your longest career punt return. <laughs> I was concussed. Oh no. Yeah, we kicked off. We'd scored. We kicked off against Miami Capice. Uh, and by the way. Uh, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers out to the Capice family. Uh, Billy's mama passed away this, uh, this uh, week. Um, so thoughts and prayers towards the Capice group. But uh, Billy Pooch kicked one, and that was before the fair catch on kickoffs. So Miami had a, was down in the Orange Bowl, had a big tight end. He caught it about the 20-yard line, and I nailed him. I, I lit him up, but I lit myself up. 
I went in, ran three plays on defense. I returned to punt 12 yards. I woke up in the middle of the third quarter. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Just think, if you were playing nowadays, you wouldn't remember any of the 10-minute targeting review that followed. Well, it, I, there's a very good chance I would not have made to the end of every minute of ballgames. I'd have had to adjust style quite uh, quite a bit. And well, I'd have time- spent a lot of time in the concussion portico. I'd be in the in the dark room with the glasses on and the soft music. As time has gone on, KJ, now you not only don't remember those three plays in the punt return, you don't really don't remember any of the game anymore at this point. Well, but that's not being concussed. That's just being curmudgeoned. <laughs> hey, Kurt, let's, let's switch to hoops real quick. Uh, Florida State and Leonard Hamilton trying to do some work in the portal, and they got another kid, I think, from Georgetown. I think that's three in. I've lost track of how many out. Uh, what, what's your assessment on where we are right now? And Hey, I, I guess, and, and I haven't followed it that closely, the, the, the big fish hasn't been reeled in yet. I mean, is that kind of what people are waiting for? Is there a... I mean, I'm not sure Florida State basketball is in the big fish world. I mean, I think they tried yeah. for some of the big fish. And I think some of the big fish were considering them and ended up going elsewhere. Aaron Estrada, who ended up at Alabama, there were. So, I mean, Primo is, I mean, and, and Georgetown wasn't great last year, but he put up numbers. I mean, he, he scored a lot. He led the team in assists. I think he's the point guard that they were missing at, at times last season. I think, I mean, they, they definitely were missing having that guy who was kind of the reliable, here's the guy we trust to play this role in the end of games. Um, I think the missing piece, I think they're at three in, three out, because I think out are, unless I'm forgetting one, Cleveland, Mills, and Naheem. Oh, and Bembry, so they're four out. So they probably have, I mean, I guess they're four in counting the freshmen. The one spot I would say probably left that I know they're still looking at you guys is center. Having losing Bahim, Naheem and not bringing in a true center so far. I think that's a, a spot they wouldn't mind addressing. And I know there are a few guys who they kind of missed out on the first time around who are now in the portal and are trying at kind of the, the second go around guys like Efton Reed and some other guys in that vein. I, I know, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know in the past, his 20 plus years, Leonard's been able to find, it sounds crazy but he's been able to find the big guys that nobody are paying attention to how you can be that big and be under the radar and, and Leonard and, and Stan and back in the day, CY and Gates and others find them. They've had a knack for doing that. I hope, I hope they'll find that person. If in fact, that's what they're looking for. I'm still interested in, and Kurt, I, I love your thoughts on this on, on, how they tweak or adjust what they teach and what they do when you don't have a bunch of a bunch of fourth and fifth year guys out there, uh, which is which is when they were so successful. I mean, to me, at some point, if you're going to bring in all new parts and pieces and expect that they're going to, uh, you know, play together as a team, there, there's got to be some kind of changes or adjustments somewhere. Uh, he, I mean, he he pulled off one pretty. Uh... Surprising revelation, what, about better part of a decade ago that I don't think many of us saw coming, going from the uh, slow race to 50 type style to the up-tempo. It's interesting to think if uh, another such change is coming. I mean, I think you wonder, a team that's going to have so many new pieces and and pieces that struggled last year to kind of, with the switching one through five, I mean, is the switching one through five back or do they maybe go to a more traditional uh, defensive approach? I mean, offensively, I think having the point guard in primo stabilizes some things and I mean, I think you feel good about, I mean, Chandler Jackson, what he was by the end of the year after missing the start of the year. You feel good about Cam Corhan. I like think you like the transfers you bring in. I mean, you're going to have Jalen Ganey, who you thought you're going to have last year. But you're right. I mean, it's still not going to be, I mean, especially 
for in terms of together or at Florida State, an old team. It's going to be some guys who played a lot of college basketball but done it elsewhere. How does he address that? I mean, he's uh, been his throughout his career been pretty good at doing exactly that, and I think this will be, I mean, uh, a major test of it coming off a season like the one they just had. Well, I'll tell you guys, and, and again, just my personal opinion, but um, that that switching one through five when you don't have a five that can do it, yeah. that's fifty percent of your problem on uh, on uh, sure. on defense. Uh, I'm not a big offensive guy, but you know if they can find that five that for 20, 22, 24 minutes can do the one through five switching, that solves a bunch of problems on the defensive side of the ball. I think Jalen Ganey can do it, and that would help. Yeah. Hey, last last sport, last topic, uh, the ACC championships. I don't want to say up for grabs because Florida State, I think, just needs to win one game on the softball diamond this week to win the regular season title. Uh, they're, they're playing Louisville, so it's, a, it's the top two teams in the league. But uh, postseason right around the corner, what, what do you think with this, this team, given the schedule they've played? Is this a team that can win it all, Kurt? Absolutely it is. I mean, I think it's – you look at the – it won't be easy. I mean, Oklahoma's lost, I think – Last I checked, maybe they lost over the weekend, but I think it was once all year. I mean, Oklahoma is very much still Oklahoma, and it won't be easy. But, yeah, I think this team is absolutely talented enough. I think, I mean, I'm, I, I would imagine, especially as the postseason gets closer, it's hard not to have last year in your head as a bit of a motivating factor. I and mean, I think that first team, that, that team that won it all in 2018 was definitely motivated by what happened the year before when the team that had Alex Powers, that had Ellie Cooper, that had – Jessica Burroughs and all those veterans lost to LSU and didn't even make it to OKC. I think that was a major motivating factor. And I think this team has that chip on the shoulder as well. And I mean, pitching wise, hitting wise, they, they check all the boxes you're looking for. The other thing Lonnie's done, and, and, and you can't always do this every year because you don't know, but they've played enough big games now. They're not going to be in awe of anything at any part of the tournament. And, and I don't know that anyone would admit that last year but that team might have been that the, the spotlight might have been a little too big for them. If it was, that's even more of a motivation this year. In addition to having lost, you know, when you go into a game and you don't really perform well and you lose, that's a double motivator in many, many athletes' minds. McKenna Reed ain't shying away from any moments there as a freshman pitcher. I mean, she's been thrown in some big moments, started last week in Florida and she's kind of risen up to every one of them. Yep. Kurt, we will uh, let you get going, but we appreciate it, sir. Always a pleasure, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles. Thanks to Kurt Weiler for joining us. The uh, I'm embarrassed to say, I shouldn't even admit this on the show, Keith. I have not seen the softball team play in person uh, this year. I don't know uh, where the season went, but it's their final home series this weekend. They get Louisville, which we just talked about. And then uh, I'm sure they'll be in line to host a regional and a super regional. But uh, the calendar reads May, which is go time for softball. I've watched uh, uh, several of the games and bits of the games on TV. I've watched the highlights, but I too have not you know, uh, been to a game or watched one. Uh, part of me, and this is an excuse, Tommy, and I, if Lonnie hears this, if Coach Alameda hears this, I hope she'll take it for the compliment that it's intended. I, I'm really not worried about them during the regular season. I mean, I'm, 
I'm, I'm excited for them to get in the postseason because they've had such success. They are so fun to watch. Uh, and, um, maybe I'm just a, a bad fan, uh, but Kathy and I both will be tuning in when they're on the tube in the postseason, uh, from start to finish. I watch the entire game when they're in the postseason, when I watch anything. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, we all know, I mean, they're, it's, it's just a great atmosphere. It's, it's, it's a fun sport to watch. And so it's, uh, it's a tough ticket too, if you haven't noticed that uh, around FSU. So good luck to Lonnie. Uh, hopefully remember they uh, when, went. Remember when they were sweating? Remember when they were sweating? Should we move from free tickets to charging five dollars a ticket? Oh, what would that do to attendance? Keith, I remember calling games in the Joanne Graff era when every score was one nothing, because if you got somebody on base, there was a bunt and a steal. And then you hope to get a ball to the outfield to score a run. I mean, that. so the game has come so – and obviously that's when Florida high schools and in the southeast were playing slow pitch and not developing fast pitch players where, as they were doing out west at that time. Now, obviously, uh, that's not the case. So it's, it's come a long way, and it's, it's fun to watch. It, it is a great sport to watch. It very much is. All right. So uh, we talked uh, – we'll get Lulu on the show here maybe in the next week or two. It obviously has been a – a very tough year for baseball. We haven't talked about it a whole lot. Link's going to have to overhaul the roster. And uh, it, it is what it is. I mean, a couple of years ago, people were looking at Mike Norvell in his first year in the COVID year. And uh, at the time, it felt like, man, how do we ever climb out of this? Now you look back and it doesn't seem that long ago. And you look at it and Florida State's in the top five, top 10 on the football field. So it'll, it'll get turned around. Just take a little bit. It, it will, uh, and obviously you, you feel whatever you feel, bad, heartbroken, disappointed, whatever that word is, you feel because you know Link's uh, uh, dedication to this school and to this sport and his uh, growing up in Tallahassee and having the privilege of putting on that uniform. He hates this as much or more, probably more than anybody. Uh, and, it, you know, the streak gets ended in terms of regional appearances. And, you know, it's just, it's just heartbreaking in those regards. But I, for one, and I'm just a voice, uh, but I, for one, I'm not concerned about it. Link didn't forget how, and his staff didn't forget how to coach in a year. It's just a question of getting the right pieces in and having them doing what you want them to do. And that takes time. You, you, you don't build a program overnight. Uh, and it'll take some time. And we just have to be patient. We're not very good at being patient, if you haven't noticed, Keith. Well, meaning, uh, are, meaning you talking, are you talking? Are you talking me and you, or are you talking society? No, I, I was talking society, not me and you. Because you that and I are I even did. less patient than society sometimes. <laughs> it depends on the topic. Speaking of which, we we've reached the point, Keith, where now the calendar reads May. Then there's June, and then July drags on forever. And then finally we get to August and get excited about football. And lo and behold, there's four weeks of that before we play LSU. So this is, I mean, you, this is the patient season right now. Except for one thing, Tommy. This is also the time of the year when realignment, I, conferences. Yeah, and it's also silly season. I, and, yeah. and, and exactly right. You start chasing your tail because you'll hear or read of a story of X, whatever X is. And all of a sudden, two days, that'll become, you know, uh, you know, everything that folks are talking about. And then two days later, you find out that it really didn't even occur. Um, but that is the time you, you 
hit it on the head. You didn't invent it, but you're very good at reminding me this is the silly season. Well, now that FSU is uh, not at the bottom of the ACC anymore, and now that I watch, uh, I don't watch a lot of it, but my son's into soccer, so a little bit of European soccer, Premier League stuff. I think it's time to introduce promotion and relegation to the ACC, and we could just cut the bottom three teams out. We don't even have to replace them because that just means splitting the revenue again three times. Let's just kick them out if you're not over a certain line, Keith. Um, let's see <laughs> so how far not, that gets you. Let's see how far that gets you, Tommy. That, that's not really promotion and relegation. If I'm just saying boot them out, I guess that's a different uh, term right there. <laughs> You're talking about amputation. Yeah. <laughs> not relegation, amputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. All right. Um, I, I am. I'm excited about football. I, I, I honestly, going back to the, our our first point of the, the conversation at the top of the show, Keith. I know you would have liked to keep some of the guys that went in the portal, but I think all things considered, Florida State came out pretty good in terms of who left the team. And it'll only get better from now, whether they bring in one or four or five more guys, it's, it's going to add depth. And then one other thing we don't know about is what, what was the attitude of the players? You know, you get 85 kids together, there's going to be a certain percentage of them that don't fit in. And as a coach, that's a very, very delicate and slippery slope to balance. You know, the age old, who do you invite to leave and who do you encourage to leave and who are you heartbroken when they do leave? We won't know those stories, but I do feel for the coaching staff because I'm sure some of that is in play to some degree with all of these kids. No question. All right, we are out of time. He's Keith. Uh, I'm Tom. We thank you for tuning in. We'll do this again next week right here on Front Row Knowles.